Okay, well, I guess we'll just start. Uh, welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin, and I'm here with my friend Joey. Say hi, Joey. Hello, Joey. Uh, usually, <laughs> usually, Joey and I talk about movies, but uh, today we're just going to go off the cuff and have just a, a conversation, a little bit of a chat. Yeah. So, um, an affable chat, yes, you might say, yeah, actually, that like name kind of just came from looking up synonyms of friendly, which was <laughs> uh, because I did a friendly chat with my friend Evan, and right. that I, I kind of like the format that we stuck to in that podcast, so I uh, we're going with it. I, I tried yeah. for so long to come up with like a brilliant podcast name, like I, I was going on the podcast app and looking at other people's names, and I, I really liked when people had like a, a little phrase that was unique to them. Like, part in the right. interruption is a sports one, which is good. Uh, like, I which may like basically that kind of structure was something I was looking for, but I couldn't find sure. something that like encompasses. What I, what I <laughs> wanted to you're put, trying to do. Exactly. It's a lot to ask of like three words. To like, I need three yeah. words that no one else has used that perfectly encapsulate exactly what's going on in my podcast <laughs> and like aren't corny <laughs> as fuck. So <laughs> I, I look forward to um, hearing about how you're going to name your children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a tall ask. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And also, yeah, my kids. That, again, that's literally the same thing. Three words that must encapsulate everything that is my child. That <laughs> you're going to be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's I don't of- know. I mean, honestly, you just, like, you pick something and that's it, you know, and it becomes something good. I, I It bothers me that, like, we always have to reference something else, right? Right. Like, something's in reference to something else. Something is like, oh, this is, like, you know, this reminds me of this or whatever. I mean, you can kind of do it in, like, levels of abstraction sometimes, but... Sometimes you just want to come with something new and original, and then that becomes something that other people reference, which I think is more valuable. Oh, definitely. It, well, that's the whole thing. You're searching for something that is unique and catchy off the bat, but it's really right. what you do for that brand, right, that, that creates the feeling of it. I definitely don't think that people's thought of professional sports when they saw a check mark before Nike, right? But now yeah. that's synonymous. That's I guess right. it's a swoosh it's or whatever. Swoop. 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 Oh, swoop. Or, yeah. It's a because swoosh. Uh, I, well, I, I no, I think swoop sounds. <laughs> swoosh, I think, is when like, a joke goes over your head. Um, oh, that's whoosh. Oh. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Isn't swoosh the sound that a basketball makes when it goes through the. That's without... a swish. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'll leave it. Wait, isn't that that country with a cross on their flag? It's like, it's a, it's like a plus sign. What are those people called? That's Sweden. <laughs> Swedish. The Swish. The Swedish. All right, all right I'm, I'm reaching now. I'm reaching, but that was that was good stuff. That was good. <laughs> I, uh, but no, that's it's oh, it's actually uh, a a field that definitely. <laughs> I don't think I would be fit to do professional work in, but it definitely is an interesting one to me is like branding and marketing and just figuring out what works. Cause I know when it doesn't work, but I don't know if I would be able to find, you know, come up with the next great branding idea. Like I I really liked, Mm. I I mean, I hate, I hate referencing ads because I'm essentially giving them a free ad, but uh, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't mind it honestly. Like, I hate when people say, "Oh, you like that ad." Like I was thinking about this yesterday when you like you're talking about how much a commercial bothers you. Yeah. And someone's like, "Oh, but you're talking about," it, and that was their goal. It's like, no, their goal was for me to remember that they exist. 
I remember they exist and I hate them because <laughs> they exist. <laughs> like this conversation still has value. You just need to stop dismissing my my points here. Fair enough. I I feel like that's the way it works for Wendy's for me. The the uh, they don't have her anymore, but they used to have that snarky Wendy's girl who would be like all judgmental to her friends when they wouldn't eat Wendy's as well. Right? She'd be like, "It's like, oh, what did you do? Bring your own lunch to work? Idiot! I bought yeah. I bought chicken nuggets at Wendy's, and I only spent four bucks. What are you, what are you responsible with your money? Come on! Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat fast food for lunch every day, you idiot!" <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, those commercials got to me, but the one I was going to mm. say before is uh, like the Tide ads. Like that was like a solid Tide pots? Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, it was a good social media pivot, a good marketing pivot for That's true. Tide to give us something other else to talk about besides people killing <laughs> themselves and eating Tide pods, which I I love that meme too. The the whole the like Tide pod meme? Yeah, Tide pods like Tide pods are delicious. Like people like they're, they're not just that they look oh, man. delicious. That people oh, are like some, they oh, actually uh, there's love a guy I I work with who wrote a recipe book for Tide pods. No. He sells it on Amazon for $10. No. You're kidding. Yeah, it's really good. Dude, what's it called? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Um it's called like um something delights like um like dangerous delights or something. I have to find it for you. The, it's, uh, it's uh, it is real and it's uh, hysterical. Has he bought um, a lot? Or is it people bought a lot? I don't know. I haven't asked him about like the, uh, detergent delights. Taste the forbidden fruit. <laughs> Dude, this is such a brilliant marketing scheme. <laughs> it's pretty freaking hilarious. Hold on, what's it called? And he did it. Like he did it in a couple days. Like he was quick on the on the meme. You got to you gotta be quick, or else you're not gonna. Uh, someone else is gonna beat you to it. Yeah, he did like in a weekend. It was pretty impressive. I have, I mean, I haven't bought it or read anything about it, but um, I might, dude. I was talking to him about it. It's pretty impressive. See, he's got a couple of reviews. Um, yeah, that are um, also good. Anyway, well, it got two five stars and one one star. <laughs> the, the one star says everyone's dead. <laughs> okay, here's one of the five stars. Friend got it. I read it. Should be Barnes and Noble next to Dangerous by Milo Yiannopoulos. Mm. Is that a is that another book? I'm not getting the reference here. I guess it's a My, Milo wrote a book. I don't know. Oh, this guy's got a pretty straightforward review. Another five star. So many fun and exciting recipes to choose from. Definitely my new favorite cookbook. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I want to hear like a follow up from that. You know. <laughs> well, what, what did he do after? I, I'm curious what's in this book. It's only nine sixty nine paperback. It's like I think it's got like it's like forty pages or something. I think he's got close to thirty recipes in there. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. That is bonkers, um, dude. Wait, this is a guy who works at. Yeah, he works at the movie theater. Movie with me. theater? <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like nineteen. Wow, what an enterprising young man! I can't. Yeah, he must him. be a comedian. So. Oh, that's awesome! I just shout out to Kirby. Does uh, does working at the movie theater provide you with a to provide him with a lot of material? <laughs> he actually did it like right before he started. So unfortunately, no. The memes don't run fresh at the, the movie theater. What, what's that like? You uh, get is uh, that's some interesting life experience, right? Working at the movie theater. I mean, was it like, what's it like from the other side of the counter? That's, that's great. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting it because I am trying to like find a way I could spin it, you know, and be like, oh, you know, working in the movie theater really taught me about blank. But so far, I've not really come up with anything really poignant. So far, I've just been like, it's miserable most of the time. <laughs> that just, um, 
Well, that's just a, like any low yeah, wage job, like, but like <laughs> honestly, it's like it's pretty much what I expected, and it's not the worst thing ever. You know, I think like like we have to clean a lot of stuff, but also like it's pretty easy to clean everything, mm-hmm. and everything's really structured and stuff. Like it's a job for you know high school students, do you so f- every there's a lot of structure. Do you feel like you have it to it really easy? Well, do you feel like you have to use your brain while you're at work at all? Uh, no, and it drives me nuts. <laughs> um, there are like there are a few things that I'm like trying to tell people to improve and like and stuff like that. And it's like it's like it's so easy. Like <laughs> you just show up and and do your work, and then that's all you need to do. And I mean, it's really straightforward and everything, right? Like you could sell things, or you could just be a bum without it. So I've like moved up in the ranks so quickly just because I have actual like work experience. So. I know how to work hard. The uh, I think that it is a valuable life experience, uh, especially while you're young, to work in a job like that. So that when you're oh, yeah. not working in a job like that, you can treat people who work in jobs like that uh, the right way because you know what they're like. They've been right. through. Like no, yeah, and I definitely noticed that too. Like I, go ahead. No, oh, well, it's like mostly what I'm getting at is there's no sense in like getting mad at like minimum wage workers at the movie theater. Oh, yeah. And, like, they, they do that totally it's like totally on purpose. It's a very strategic move where, like, they will, you know, they, they put these really expensive things in front of you and, like, you know, concessions are super overpriced because that's literally all the all the, the only way they can make money because most of the box office sales go straight to the studios. So that money that goes through the box office, ne- the theater never sees it. So they have to make their money through somewhere and that's concessions. Um, but they, they put people who have literally no power in front of you to sell you these things right so that when you complain the other guy's like yeah i know it's i know it's wrong but there's nothing i can do about it (laughs) (laughs) no exactly exactly but but like they still have to like stand there and take it from people who don't make that connection logically and they're like you know you put too much butter in my popcorn (laughs) or like like, i'm sorry i'm trying to yeah i don't know it's 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 a it's an interesting work experience for sure, and it definitely has changed my perspective kind of on like um, people who, like waitresses and like people who work in retail and stuff. Even though I have worked in retail in the past, I kind of lost, lost sight of that, I guess. And now, like really being in it, I can like see things from their point of view a lot more, uh, which actually surprised me how much that's like, kind of affected me. So, um, so do you consider working at the movie theater being in the food industry? We do, we do deal with food, although I don't know if you would consider popcorn food. I don't really consider popcorn food anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually, when I went to Mexico last summer, I was in the, like the, the capital, like Mexico City, and there was this yeah. like, fair going on, this like World's Fair, where they had tents that represented every country, and they had their iconic foods in each one. Mm. And Ameri- uh, yeah, you told me about this. Yeah, so and, and of course America has burgers, hot dogs, and tea, which like yeah. that's pretty accurate, I guess. Uh, like sweet tea. Sure. And but like the specialty food that was like so American was popcorn. Yes. So uh, something that you don't even consider food <laughs> anymore popcorn. is what other countries consider to be like <laughs> one of our like <laughs> delicacies, <laughs> which isn't yeah. even exclusive it's, to uh, us in the in the least. It's other countries uh, interesting for sure. I don't know, like, uh, like honestly, I feel like movie theaters are gonna die out quickly. How quickly? Like, um, I don't know, like in the next twenty years, I say at the at the most, um, 
because like i don't know go like for me going to the movies um is like it's kind of like a magical experience it still kind of is honestly even though like i kind of see how the sausage is made it like the whole process of going there and like buying a ticket and then going to the theater and like sitting there and waiting for the thing to go on you know it's nice but like i just can't stand being around other people like that where like you have to expect other people to be quiet and be respectful and they're often not it's just like it's unbearable to me it's like i would love a movie theater that really enforced the silence rule like they said outside like on the door or something if you're not quiet in the movie theater we will kick you out without a refund like they were really if they were really like um hardcore about it that would be something i could get behind um but that's never gonna happen because the people that work in a movie theater are not paid enough to <laughs> enforce the like rules of silence because it's just not enough it's just not worth like having that kind of a confrontation every day in your life i uh i went to a movie theater in Oh man, it's one of the like the small counties in South Carolina, like south of Columbia. Uh, anyways, I was at this old timey movie theater that only had one actual theater. Like it's like a lobby and a theater. That's the whole movie theater. Yeah, and they enforced their cell phone policy very strictly. Uh, I mean, really? they they enforced every policy very strictly. My I was with a friend and he had a backpack on. And the guy who took our ticket was like, I'm going to need your backpack. Like, leave that with me until you come out of the theater uh, because, yeah. like, that's part as our policy. It's like, okay. And they would periodically walk up and down the down the aisle during the movie to check to yeah. see if anyone was on their phone, which I guess I appreciated because I was, like, checking out. But having Ooh. a guy walking yeah. around the whole time was a distraction too. Right. So I, I agree with your prediction that there, that will never be solved and rather – People will just not, I guess, go to the theater. So what do you see well, happening? Um, like direct to TV streaming. Like TVs are becoming cheaper and cheaper, and like they're getting bigger and bigger without like much improvement in quality. Really, you know, it's like we've already, we made the jump to 4K, and then like what's after that? You know, even like I think they make 8K TVs now, but like nobody's buying them. Um, and they keep they just keep getting cheaper because they're so easy to make, and the technology gets getting better. Um, and I think we're eventually just going to have like our own home theaters in a way, right? We're going to have TVs that are so big that it's like sitting close to it. it's going to be the same as going to a movie theater. That's... And like what, what I predict them doing is like you pay $25 um, to see to like rent a movie for a night. And that's a movie that just came out. And you invite all your friends over, you know, and you all watch the movie for $25. And that's like a great deal. And you get to do, be with people you like instead of people that are awful. <laughs> and well, you get your own snacks too <laughs> see i could see um and maybe this is a little bit i, I think what you've said is quite likely just because of the pro like how much streaming is like exploding taking right over now. yeah yeah but what if you could take the same space that movie theaters have right now but break it up into a bunch of like small theaters for like eight mm. people or something and go to that like, go to, like, a private screening of a movie. So it's still, like, the only place you can go to see these movies, but you don't have to deal with, like, everybody else out there. But if I, I, I feel know, that's, like... That's an interesting idea. Um, I, I don't know. Like, like I think part of the appeal of my pitch is that it's, like, your, your comfort, your own home, right? Like, you don't have to go anywhere. And you also, like... Like, all the stuff that you're saying about, like, taking the backpacks and, like, patrolling the theaters, we do the same thing. At our theater and like we go like there was somebody who was whose baby was being loud today so i went in there and like tried to shush him 
um, which sort of worked. Quiet, um, baby. <laughs> quiet. <laughs> quiet. Uh, he was like, he was sitting near the front. So like he looked, I saw me when I walked in and I was like, put my finger to my lips and I was like, stop. And um, I mean, he, he did quiet down after that. So I don't know if he stayed there quiet for the rest of the movie because I had other things to do, but. Do you feel like, yeah, like do you feel we, uh, bad when you have to like enforce the rules on people? Sometimes. I mean, I don't know. Like I definitely try and put myself in the customer's shoes and everything but i also like want to make sure that like we're enforcing the rules however arbitrary they are um like you know people like aren't allowed to have water bottles in the theater because we sell water at the concession stand and like if we didn't do that then like we wouldn't make any money basically but at the same time it's like how far can that go right if somebody says no like as i say hey i need your water bottle you can't have it in the theater and he just says no what am i gonna do i can't like wrestle it from his hands like you know, like, there's only so much power I really have. And it's, like, this kind of social, like, construct here that, like, you have to understand that, like, because I work here, I kind of have authority over you. Um, that the, That's the only way that works. But, you yeah. know, it doesn't always work. Yeah, no, I mean, I just feel... Okay, I saw a meme where this guy was, like... Which is where I get all my news and information from is memes. So, this, just assume that from now on whenever I say any information. But I saw <laughs> I saw this meme where this guy was, like... <laughs> they can't actually stop you from bringing food into the theater. That's just a myth that you can't right. bring your own food. Like if you just walk in with a whole bunch of food, no one's going to stop you. Is that true? No, we'll stop you. Like we have, I mean, we have three layers, right? We have the box office where like, if you have the food, then like, you know, we'll say, Hey, we can't bring that. Like you have to check that in or whatever. Like we have a fridge that we keep other people's food in. No. Yeah. People... And we have like a little slips. What? Yeah, we have, we we live so like like we give them a slip. One half has like they keep one half we keep right. We keep the one half with the food, and then they come back with the slip after the movie's over, and they're like, "This is my food," and we we give it back to them. But we live we were in like a, a shopping center. There's a bunch of restaurants near us, so people are always trying to bring food in. Wow. And then like yeah, at the box office, and then that like that that interaction where you like take the food from them, it happens at at the Dropbox, and then. It will also if they try if they get past the Dropbox somehow, then they'll also be confronted at concessions. So like they'll be bombarded, like at least three times when they walk into the theater, saying you can't do that. Well, um, I okay I, for a second I thought like how extra do you have to be to bring food to the theater that you're not even eating there? <laughs> but I guess it makes sense if you have like leftovers from dinner or something. Uh, right. But. Uh, yeah, no, well, th- that leads me to another meme having to do with bringing food into the movie theater, which is the one where it's, like, the half styrofoam dome that uh, <laughs> that women, like, they put food in the cavity of the dome, and then they put it uh, under their shirt so it looks like so they're, they're very pregnant. pregnant. Yes. Interesting. And it's, like, cla- it's like, like cute date night idea. Like, you and your is boyfriend it? pretend that you're pregnant. Pretend you're pregnant with this guy you just met. Yes. First date, I'm pregnant. Oh, just kidding. It's fake. The people at the movie theater don't know. They just think you're a cute couple, and really, you're, like, stealing from them by bringing your food in. I don't know. Like, like the truth is, like, there's only so much I can care. Like, if someone says, if someone comes up and says, like, I'm a senior, and, like, they, they might be, like, 50... I'm like, okay, sure. I'll give you the senior price. Like, if you're willing to admit that you're over 62 or whatever our our senior prices, like, go ahead. You know, like, I'm I'm not gonna check everybody's IDs if they're gonna say they're senior. Like, obviously, we, like we get into, um, like legal problems if we let people in who are under 
16 into like R-rated movies. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole different issue. If like, like I will believe you when you come up to the to the thing and say something, right? If you say I don't have any food with me, I'm just gonna be like, okay, you know, like if <laughs> I, if I can't prove it immediately, then I'm not gonna do it. It's like it's so I don't feel bad at all. Like like when I, when people come in with food and stuff, it's like you know the rules. Like if you're really willing, if you really wanted to do this, then you could do it, and there's nothing I could do about it. So. <laughs> Like, try harder, I guess. Yeah, they're like, hi, I don't have any food with me. It's like, uh, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Welcome to the movies. Like... <laughs> yeah, they just, like, say that and then you walk away. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh... I'm not even going to get a movie. I just, uh, I just wanted to let you know I don't have any food. <laughs> yeah. Uh... I don't know. So, like, I'm willing to enforce the rules, but I'm not willing to, like, and go through like I'm not willing to be a private investigator. You know, it's a, it's a, in the end, it doesn't matter that much. Right. You could you could like simplify the process. If somebody looks a little young to be a senior, you could just like when they're like, yeah, I'm a senior. It's like, oh, like get you get a discount, you old coot. And like <laughs> if they if they object or disagree, you're gonna be like, what are you like not a senior or something? Like, yeah. That's accurate unless you have something else to say. Really that says you want to let me that. know something hey, about this discount. <laughs> You must be off your rocker today if you have a problem with me calling uh, you Oh, man, that. yeah. <laughs> like, how's the dementia treating you today, George? <laughs> you were just here two minutes ago. <laughs> oh, man, laughing at old people oh, my is gosh. the best, dude. Can't oh. beat it. <laughs> oh. I don't know. Like, I mean, sometimes, like, I mean, I don't want to be rude, right? Like, you never want to assume someone's age. But, like, sometimes I'm like, um, you know, are these two adult tickets? Like, if they're older people... And they'll be like, yeah, we're freaking adults. What do you th- what do you look like? And I'm like, all right, like, I guess you're going to pay the two extra dollars because <laughs> you're not willing to admit that you're seniors or you're not picking up on my hint, at least, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, some people just, I don't know, some people just don't get it. It's interesting that your uh, policy or your view of watching movies is like, I would rather not be around people and you your job makes you deal with people on a regular basis. So you of all people would know what you're getting. Yeah. Well, I also see the worst, right? Like uh, the, the people that come in and like see the movie and leave, like are you never stick out in your memory. It's the people that complain. It's the people that like spill popcorn on the floor. The people that bring in 10 kids and like they're screaming the whole movie. Those are the people you remember. Um, Good point. So Good it's point. really only the negative that's like that stick out, um, which is a shame because there are lots of really nice people that come to the theater all the time. Um, and like, I mean, like recently we raised our prices uh like everything is like 25 cents more and like we didn't advertise that or anything um so people just come in like you know expecting it to be the same price and they're like sorry like by the way like and, and like i don't know like it was kind of strategic i think I, I don't know how far like long into the process it was but like they only told us like a couple days before that it was even happening so it's not like we had time to prepare Sure, but anyway, I, yeah. I guess you wouldn't really. It's like, hey, welcome to the, the cinema. It's like now twenty five percent more expensive. Right, like, you're not gonna say that unless they like unless someone calls that. Like, someone did say something like, "Oh, it used to be this much." And I'm like, "Yeah, actually, we did raise our prices." And like, yeah, like for those people that are coming to the theater all the time, I feel bad because like they're loyal customers and like we're just taking their money, which is, I think, part of the reason why the theater business is like not sustainable because they don't have to care about their customers right how much does an adult movie ticket cost depend like our prices change throughout the day which i think is confusing um, <laughs> at best um and so the the most expensive like regular price which is like after 6 p.m is 10 50 
Ten fifty. Yeah, and watch... that's for a standard movie. Like we actually have like a, a specialty theater where we show like like IMAX style movies, uh-huh. um, and those are two dollars more. And and three D movies are like a couple a couple dollars more too. You could get Netflix for a month for the price of one movie. Yeah, that wait, that's what's really crazy, right? You, do you know about MoviePass? I have heard of it. I don't. I have no idea how the math works because it, it does. Impossible. It doesn't. The, the answer to that is it doesn't. Um, MoviePass, for anyone who doesn't know, is this subscription service where you basically pay uh, like ten dollars a month for a Mastercard that you can only use to purchase movie tickets, and you can and you pay ten dollars a month and you get to see one movie a day um, for the month that you pay for. So like it's. It's crazy. Like if you have if you pay ten dollars a month, then you can see ten dollar movies every day for a month. Um, and so I don't like MoviePass. Nobody knows how MoviePass makes money. So we we are we've gone some research like in within like the staff of the theater, and we found that they do sell your information. Um, so that's part of it. But I still don't know if that's enough to be totally sustainable. Like they're they're paying the theaters. Like the theaters are getting the money. But the people that are paying them are not paying nearly enough. And I, I recently saw something about it uh, about this guy who was re- who was recommending MoviePass because it was such an interesting service. Um, and now he's saying, if you have stock in MoviePass, drop out now. They have no plan. Wow. Um, and it's like, it's crazy. Like it's just a crazy idea, and it's only gonna hurt theaters in the long run because it's gonna get people to go to the theaters more because they can afford it because it's super cheap now. Um, and then, of course, the theaters are going to like this because they get more concessions from this because MoviePass is to take a cut from the concessions, at least not yet, although they're trying to. Um, and But when MoviePass eventually raises their prices because they're going to have to or cancels the service altogether, which they may do, um, then people are just going to be burnt out in the theaters and people that were going to go see movies all the time now are going to do something other thing, you know? They're going to be like, ah, I was paying for this, now, now, it's, ha- now it's much more expensive, never mind. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, I guess I haven't used MoviePass, but I, I feel like I just don't go to the movies all that much. Usually it's for, like, really major stuff. Other right. than that, I usually just wait until it's out on one of the many platforms that makes that available. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I like, most of the people at the theater who work at the theater don't like MoviePass um, because it's it co- it's it's just like more trouble than it's worth in our minds. But um, I would consider getting it for myself like if you see a movie a week or if you could schedule like say i'm gonna see a movie a week then it's worth it like it's totally worth it um and yeah i, I think that's, that's i mean right now i get movies for free so it's i'm not gonna buy it but um you know eventually i'm not gonna be working at the movie theater um and at that point i may consider getting movie pass yeah true true uh, what will replace going to the movie theater though and in, in so, like social life like that's a that's a pretty mm. That's a pretty like common part of life. It, it's actually like one of the easiest date nights because you don't actually yeah, have but to like, experience it's just, anything. It's not that well thought out as a date night. Like, unless, unless you know that person beforehand, right? Like, it's not a good first date, I guess is my, 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 uh, oh, my pitch. Oh, definitely agreed. But that's kind of the – I guess me, it, it's definitely not a good first date, but it's also kind of the beauty of the outing. It doesn't necessarily right. have to be a date, but I have spent many – an awkward like time with family members distant family members i don't know that well where they're like want to go to the movies and it's like perfect (laughs) yeah we're just gonna waste yeah three hours down the sink down the drain perfect (laughs) um yeah i don't i don't know about that that's a really good point um what we do maybe what that might be what keeps it afloat right that and the little old ladies that go see the movies in the middle of the day yes oh is that the demographic that 
comes to. Oh, it's all time. Yeah, because we um, our our tickets are 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 cheaper before noon, and also um, the matinee prices are a little bit better priced too. So you always get um, little old ladies coming in to see movies. Yeah, they're no, always very sweet. I'm actually a like see movies in the morning if I can kind of guy. Like, it's like now that I know how cheap it is, like it's definitely a better option. That's uh like. It's like, let's not go out Friday night. Let's get up on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, yeah. Go get some, go see the movie, like, uh, with no crowds. Perfect. Did, was uh, Black Panther crazy? Were, were you... Uh... Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, it, like I think it's the only movie that's... No, 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 we have... There's another uh, Early Man, which is, like, a Wallace and Gromit style, like, animation-style movie. Yeah, yeah. I think that opened this week. It, it totally flopped, though, which is such a shame, because it's, like, a original, like, totally animated, you know stop motion like super super so much work goes into the movies like that and like it's not making any money um and that's because it's opening next to black panther but black panther is like the only new movie this week and we have our like business has increased by like four times like it's so ridiculous how much hype this movie has lots of popcorn sales oh my god that's <laughs> well, a popcorn on the floor <laughs> i mean that that's true well that's probably good news like I have trouble feeling sorry for the like theaters themselves that they're like, oh, we only make money off of concessions because mm-hmm. their customers are brought to them by someone else. You yeah. know, like I, I go to whatever theater has it showing at a time that's convenient for me and also is close to me. Like I, right. I generally am not like, oh, it's so worth it to drive f- farther. Yeah, to gotta go to AMC because they're the only ones that'll treat me right. Exactly. Yeah. I, usually it's no, like it's where what, can, where whatever's convenient. It. Yeah, it's just a service, right? Um, that's a really good point. I don't, I don't know. Like that's part of the reason why I don't think it's such a sustainable model. But it's, I mean, it works really well apparently, right? I mean, they can keep these things open, um, and like the theaters have to like bid for movies, right? I mean, almost everyone gets the Marvel movies, but there are movies that we thought we were getting, like we were playing the trailer in our lobby that we didn't get um, just for whatever reason. And that's like a corporate thing almost. Like that's has nothing to do with us, but I'm sure it has like money, like a monetary value, right? Like you say, like the studio says, we'll, we'll sell you the rights to play our movie in your theater. So you're saying that potentially a movie theater that isn't doing well financially wouldn't be able to afford to show as many different movies maybe yeah i mean especially ones that are like a like a smaller chain right or like a private theater like the nickelodeon at, um, in downtown columbia it's like an art theater they also their tickets are cheaper um and their concessions are really cheap um but they don't show every movie they only have two screens i did but like, like 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 regal like they can cover for any losses from any theater, right? Like, there's so they have so many of them across the nation that if um, if one of them isn't selling one month, then they just cover it with a different one. So, are the uh, are the big cinemas like Regal and AMC are they too big to fail? I don't know, man. I mean, like AMC is fighting MoviePass. Like MoviePass and AMC are in a like a literal war. Um, and it's because both of them have so much clout. Because MoviePass is such a popular service, I think it has like two million like subscribers or something like that, which is so ridiculous. And that was—I mean, it only started a couple months ago. And then um, AMC is one of the biggest chains, um, so they can kind of do whatever they want as well. So it's—it's—it'll uh, inter- be interesting to see what happens with that between those two. 
And yeah, I mean, maybe they're too big to fail, but maybe they'll just pivot to something else. Maybe they'll start using that space for something else. I don't know. I really don't know what will happen. Maybe the return of live entertainment. Maybe. I love. We, I mean, yeah. I mean, I love. Ever, when's the last time you seen a play? The last play I saw was. Did you see any when you were at at, at um at USC? No, I didn't see any that the school did. Oh, you, which you I missed out. They yeah. were all really good. Well, because yeah, I saw a bunch. I um. Were they free while we were students? No. Oh what? Okay, well that that doesn't explain <laughs> it, but. Uh, because I now, really now I feel justified. But now, yeah. <laughs> right, but no, no, I do like seeing plays. In fact, I saw the Book of Mormon in Greenville. Oh, that's right. A couple years back, and it was amazing. Uh, the Greenville, the Peace Center, the the uh, theater in in yeah. Greenville, South Carolina, is not great. So mm. um, I would like to see it in a better place, which I'm going to attempt to do because they're actually the same show is coming to. Oklahoma City in April. Oh, really? Yeah, so I've already bought my tickets. I'm sitting real close. Great. So I'm going to be up there for all of the uh, humor and the horror that is Book of Mormon. I, I really do great. love Book of Mormon, uh, but I really want to see Hamilton, which finally is also... Yeah, have you listened to the soundtrack? I love the soundtrack, yeah. I mean, Me it, too. And for anyone who's listening or hasn't listened to the soundtrack, you should because it's enjoyable without actually seeing the... Right, the, it's the like, it basically goes through the entire thing. Like, I don't know if there's... I don't know what's in the play because I haven't seen the play, but like... You get the whole story. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, I cry every time. Lick this if you crave it, Tim. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's definitely, a, like, it's one of the best plays that I've ever, I guess, listened to. Or musicals, right. I should say. But I also don't have, a, like, a wide experience with musicals. I wouldn't call myself some sort of expert on that. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I, I love to talk about it sometime. But, yeah, I definitely recommend yeah, no, um, live live entertainment. Maybe it would be just around the corner. Maybe that's the next be, step. I, that would be great. I've actually, um, I, I, it's, I don't know how based in reality this theory is, but it's one that I think is interesting. Is the idea that everyone's going to be losing their jobs here in the in a little while because everything's going to be automated and we're not going to. Mm. Th- there's no need to employ humans because why would you pay humans enough money to keep them alive when you can just pay right. for electricity for a robot who will do it day and night. Um, yeah. Whatever it is that you need done, but the one one thing that humans have that robots can't or don't seem to have, I guess, is that like kind of artistic expression and the True. ability to entertain other humans. And we have platforms like you know YouTube, we have uh, you know SoundCloud, Twitch. Twitch, like all these different places where you can create your own content and yeah. show them to other people and inject them with ads to give yourself a little bit of a, a payback. Uh, right. you know, so, you, so you get some money from the whole uh, exchange of your yeah, yeah. creative and, ideas. And I think we've talked about this before and it's a totally like sustainable system, right? Because your the your audience is also content producers, right? Yes. And But also working for advertisers because the advertisers are paying for the salaries. Then you, the listeners, and you, the adver- the advertisers, as in the people that are selling the products, um, go out and buy these things that you are selling um, and then they get the money and then they do their thing, get their products, right? And then you, you buy their products and then you sell those products for them. And it's just like a totally like sustainable circle, circle like at least on the surface. Yeah, on the surface, it, provided everybody can find a, like a way to entertain other people, which right. could, could become like a thing. 
You know, like, we need 100 people to all sing this song to be part of this, like, chorus for this other guy's content. And so you, like... <laughs> or, like, what if you just have, like, little bubbles, right? Like, you know, you, you have, like, a group of people, like, of 10,000 people or something that's, like, only interact with those people, right? And then you have other groups that are, are totally separate that also do the same thing. It's an intriguing idea because, like, I, just like when we listed those platforms, we've never had this kind of you know self-made expression before that with such yeah. a wide potential audience i think it's awesome it's like a great time to be a content creator because you can get your stuff out there to everybody like i, I always think about oh, that yeah. people who are like oh man i, I miss the 50s like i, I wish the 50s <laughs> I who are you talking to who misses the 50s <laughs> you know everyone you know like <laughs> But like no, nobody misses the fifties. No, just 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 hear me out. It's like in the fifties. Okay, that's when okay. music was good. You know, that's when we had good music. Sure. I wish I was born in the fifties. I was born decades too late. Yeah. No. Uh, which false? Because you can still listen to music from the fifties, and yes, there's more artists making more stuff now than there ever have been ever as far as like your access to music maybe there could be the same amount of people like just strumming their banjo in their barn in arkansas (laughs) but you'd never hear about them because they have no way to record it no way to get that out to you but today if i write a song on my on my ukulele and i record it and it's Mm. good it's hot shit i have everything i need to spread that to everyone like in the world basically everyone with access to a computer and uh, a decent internet connection so right that's that's wild that opens up so many more possibilities to just everyone Uh, like theoretically if you have the 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 thing to express right, right. like whatever it is it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work that simply but yeah like theoretically like it is that simple um it's so much easier to distribute than it's ever been before um which is i mean yeah really powerful i think and yeah i i like i i'm really curious to see how this is going to go into the future right um i mean we've had tv for such a long time and um well i mean it's pretty much a, a part of our lives right like everyone goes grows up watching tv and now we have all these other options to watch stuff. Um, and I'm wondering how that's going to evolve over the next few years, uh, the next decades, right? Because, like, this isn't going anywhere. And this is fulfilling a need that we've almost always had or had for, you know, almost a century. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's really, it really is fascinating. It's, uh, I mean, it's what makes this conversation possible, right? It's that right. we... We're just normal dudes. We don't have a studio that you we don't know the guy at the radio company that is gonna no. hook us up with a time slot. A great shit yeah, great time slot. Yeah. <laughs> between four and six AM on Thursdays. Yeah, perfect. You know, cats and people commuting to work, you know, they hear Thank you, Steve. They <laughs> They li- they listen to fifteen percent of this conversation we're having here, and that's like pretty good. Like we're like, oh, they heard right. a good amount of it. Got it. <laughs> they, right, and the other like, but but ninety percent of that fifteen percent is just ads. Exactly. So yeah, obviously it's it's much better today, and I think that's. I I feel like a lot of people don't really realize that though. Like SoundCloud especially gets shit on so hard. Like uh, people put the SoundCloud link in their Twitter bios, or they put it uh, they'll like have a tweet that blows up, and then they'll they will reply to their own tweet linking their SoundCloud. With SoundCloud. And people (laughs) will reply with that like 
have you seen it? It's like it's Kermit, and he's all grainy as shit, and he's like with Pepe the Prawn, and he's like, "I'm gonna be real with you, Chief. <laughs> Ain't nobody clicking on that shit." <laughs> like, and, and it's like it's like all distorted and grainy, and, and it's like, oh my god, every time it never fails to get hundreds of likes, and everyone's like, oh "Ah, fuck you for like trying to get us to listen to your." Fuck you for trying, yeah, yeah, and like everyone always uh, thinks that's so. That's so toxic, but well, yeah. it, everyone always thinks that like, oh, the guy who's always trying to like get you to listen to his his music, like that guy's such a hack, like he's you know. Mm. But really, it's just it's that's there. You play the game, yeah. You know, like yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And like, I mean, you're I, this is kind of like a re- something I, a lesson I've learned in retail is like the only way you can sell things is if you literally ask everyone if they are interested. Right, like that's the best sales tactic that I've ever come across. It's like you don't have to be coherent. You don't have to be like super. You don't have to good good spiel. You don't have to like manipulate them or like you know learn anything about them. You just ask if they want this thing, and if, and a surprising number of them will say yes. But if you don't ask, they'll never know. So like yeah, post your SoundCloud links, right? Like somebody might click on it. That's like if one person clicks on it, that's enough, right? Yeah, dude, actually, because I host this podcast on SoundCloud, sometimes yeah. I'll get, like, random likes or follows from, like, strangers. Most of them are bots, but I have actually gone and looked at some of the people who follow me who have, like, 13, like, listens on their, like, original music. But I'm like, yeah, this hey. song it's all right, you know? So it's, like, actually kind of good. And I, I <laughs> Right, get, and that's how it starts, right? Like, you get, you get some people to listen to it. That's all you need. Which I think is really cool. Yeah. It's really a, like... I, it's beyond hipster to listen to a SoundCloud like song with thirteen <laughs> with only listens. like yeah less than twenty <laughs> listens yeah it's like, no absolutely no one has but heard as soon as it goes as soon as it goes over hundred that's when that's when they've sold out yeah <laughs> as soon as somebody who's not related uh, to the artist likes the music it's that they've they've gone they've gone uh, uh they've sold out yeah, yeah. It's, it's what is it called when you go. Is that a, not a know. thing? No. When you go what? I, I don't know. I was like going turbo. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about Wreck It Ralph, but um, <laughs> they've gone mainstream. That's what I was trying oh, to say. Oh, give me sure. They've okay, gone yeah, mainstream. Yeah, yeah it's uh, right. but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's something. It's cool. It's, I like to I like to appreciate it because if you you used to, I I, th- I always think about maybe the 50s. When was Elvis at his peak? When was Elvis the man? When was I the, don't know. Fifties, I guess. Yeah, I think the fifties. I think it was the fifties. I wasn't. Yeah, I I wasn't born yet, so I wouldn't know. But uh, I don't know. <laughs> but Elvis was he the king or was he just lucky? Because hmm. what if the the real king just didn't? No one found out about him. You know, maybe he was right. like shredding in his living room, and his mom wasn't very supportive, and she was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, that was ass." Yeah, I go go clean your your. Go go milk the goats, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Stop messing around with your guitar. Yeah, quit swinging your hips like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I, I, I it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. I, I, I right, mean, but I mean, I don't know. That's that, that's like it does open up a new world of possibilities, but it doesn't mean that like you also you also have to be so much more, right? Like you can't just be the best. You also have to be really good at marketing. You have to be like strategic and smart with like the way you do things. Cause there's so much other stuff to, to compete with at this point that you really have to stand out somehow. You can't just be good anymore. Yes. Which brings, yeah. Which is actually a really good topic to pivot to, which is the impossibility of actually enjoying and experiencing and enjoying all the content that there is out there. Right. Yeah. When I, when I'm listening to someone's SoundCloud song that has 13 listens on it, 
I'm not listening to whatever late great artist that I could be listening to. Someone else right. who is, whose art is uh, could be seen as higher value and more worth my time. Uh, or I could be watching some Netflix series, or I could be watching right. a movie with a really, uh, really good actor in it. Right. So it's just you will never be able to see it all, and that's that's no. a reality for for the rest of time now. Is yeah, it's just going to get worse than that. Um, there was this really interesting video. Do you ever watch the channel Idea Channel uh, with Mike Ragnetta? Ragnetta? I've not seen um, that one. He he did it for five years and then he and then he stopped doing it. Um, he like he like wrapped it up. It was really awesome. Um, but he did one, one of the last videos he did was about millennials and he said, like, we all know that millennials aren't really killing things. Like, that's just, like, just a meme that, like, the news likes to spread. That, like, millennials are killing blank. They like to spread it, um, like, millennials like to spread avocados on toast. Am I right? <laughs> oh, man. R.I.P. What will they think of next? Those freaking millennials. Yeah, but he's like, let's just assume that millennials are killing things. Why would they be doing it? And his thesis in that video was that there's so much stuff for us. There's so much stuff for us to consume, so much stuff for us to, to experience that millennials have to decide what has to die. And like we're the first generation to make that have to make that decision and decide like this stays and this doesn't. Um, and um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. And I think it's it's true, right? Like you you're never going to be able to listen to everything. So. Something, some things you're just never gonna get to. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not gonna watch three thousand channels. So goodbye, cable, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Not at the same time either. Like that was never an option, really. <laughs> but seriously though, I'm not gonna pay. I'm not gonna pay for all that stuff because I know no. for sure I'm not gonna even watch it. Uh, which that whole system too. Have you tried YouTube TV? Uh, you're, you're an advocate. No, for I don't YouTube. know anything about it actually. Really? Okay, me neither, because yeah. I don't like the idea of paying for something I've enjoyed for free for so many years. You know? I don't, I don't know what YouTube TV is all. I, I pay for YouTube Red. You? Why? Why? Because, okay, for a couple of reasons. First of all, because I, like, I want to support my, the people I watch, because um, the people I watch work really hard, and I don't, and I use Adblock because I freaking hate ads, and ads have infested my entire life, so I'm like, you know, what's one way of making this happen? Um, this is the third, after I started uh, like purchasing YouTube Red, was the third free trial I went through. Like, I, I got a free trial, then I then I made another, like, Google account, made a free trial, and then I got, like, three months free of Google Play, and I was like, you know what? I, like, I really like the service. I can, like, use it as a podcast app because I don't have to I have the screen open all the time. I can just close the screen, which is something that YouTube doesn't let you do unless you have YouTube Red. Yeah. Um, I don't never have to watch ads, ever. Um, and I don't have to worry, like, I don't have to do it with my phone, even though phone, my phone doesn't have ad block, and I don't have to, you know, worry about them on my computer ever. That is a good um, point. And I'm, like, and I'm like, you know, like, $10 a month for this, um, sort of like, unlimited stuff, like, more stuff than I can ever watch. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's, I don't know, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to convince other people to do it, I just thought it was the right decision for me. And um, I'm I'm unhappy with it, you know. I'm I'm willing to shell out ten dollars a month. It's certainly not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely. Um, I mean, they wouldn't have it if people weren't doing it, right? Like, I, like the whole closing the YouTube app is a big draw because if you like use YouTube for a lot of your entertainment, that would be like a huge plus. Be able to do that should just be able yeah. to do that anyway. Used to be able right. to do that. Anyway. I mean, it is like yeah, it's just like revoking something that they can easily do, right? Like, 
but it's it's effective business model but uh youtube tv apparently claims to be able to provide you with all the live sports you need which can't can't possibly be true but why not well because there's so many no one else does that not all live sports like not even if you're talking about just the major ones you still have to go all over the place to find it like the nfl is on four different channels a week yes maybe they consolidate it i don't know that seems possible to me. They film every sport. You're right. Why no, can't they just find the footage I, for it? I agree. It sounds like it. I mean, I think it's definitely the technology exists, right? Because they're filming it and yeah. giving it to other people. But how does YouTube <laughs> get access to all that? Wouldn't how does YouTube? That? How does YouTube work at all? Um, what? Oh man, I wish I knew the exact number. It's like 480 hours of video are uploaded every minute. Like, and you can access any video no trouble at all. Like, you just click a video, it comes up. Full HD, 4K, if you if, it, if that's possible. Like, it, it blows my mind. Like, they're like it's so easy and so accessible and so fast. And, um, you know, like, I mean, it's powered by Google, so their search algorithm is perfect, right? And it's, like, constantly learning about you. Um, so, it's like, all the recommended stuff. Like, I never, I hardly ever travel away from the YouTube homepage. I just use... You know, I just let them recommend things. Sometimes I go to my subscriptions page, but that's that's it. I agree. It's, um, I, like, uh, well, uh, the thi- yeah, I I could go, I could talk about YouTube for such a long time because I spend so much time watching YouTube, thinking about YouTube, uh, and I have no one else to talk to about it. So, like, well, oh I I think it's an interesting uh, thing to talk about because a lot of us use YouTube by ourselves i guess it's not like hey do you want to come over and we can just watch random youtube have you ever done that though have you ever like you ever had like a like a youtube off like not officially but like you you play a video then another person plays video and then you play a video you play and it like goes on for hours yes and actually my well here's the thing my roommate and i used to do that oh Um, man like uh well you know him anthony we used to assemble videos without each oh, other man. like we would try to we would you see something funny on reddit or someone else shows it to you or you just stumble upon it somehow r slash videos whatever right and we would like stockpile these playlists and then we would be like all right you ready like are you ready to like <laughs> exchange <laughs> you guys videos are good here? too like, i can never keep up and and that was the thing though it had such a like there's so much scrutiny like you wouldn't get roasted if a video was terrible but if you yeah. brought, if you like brought something like before like the the council or it wasn't it yeah, was just, it it was disappointed just, it was just us was like, but like yeah it right. was like you gotta like this better be funny man like this better be thoughtful yeah you're really hyping this up by, yeah. like putting it in the playlist yeah, yeah. it's like you put it on it's like it's 12 minutes this better be worth it like oh, this man. Be... <laughs> but yeah no oh, I, I definitely know what you're talking about i actually i could I, I could probably if somebody if i had to i could probably keep like a small group of people entertained for like two hours straight just if they, I have my phone and uh, a, a Google, what was it called? Uh, Google Chromecast. Yeah, Chromecast is the best. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I always try to tailor my videos toward people, but there are, like, a bunch of them that I just freaking love. Um, I once sent you a playlist. I don't know if you ever watched it, though. When was this? I don't know if I... Maybe I never sent it to you. It was, like, years ago. I... I mean... It's old videos. The, the thing is, it's, it's interesting to see which videos stand the test of time. Yeah, because uh, some of the time I'd pull out like, oh, this one's hilarious, and then you watch it. And then again, you watch like, it again. You're like, oh, why did I ever think that was good? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how your taste changes like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it's like also what memes are like topical at the time too, because there's definitely a hmm. lot of uh, YouTube 
videos that are inspired by like whatever's hot right now right and there's that's true like oh my gosh like uh, all the videos in 2017 have fidget spinners in them and like if you go back and watch them you're like oh this movie this this video was made in 2017 i could tell because there's fucking fidget spinners (laughs) yeah that's that's right okay so there i have this okay i have this theory right um i have a theory for for youtube it's not it's not super flushed out um but um i'm curious to see what what you think about it okay and I, I need like I need like a, a giant running start, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start r- way back, okay, and then we're gonna get there eventually. Just trust me on this. All right, start running. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about truth. All right, concept of truth, I think is a really interesting idea, um, mainly because uh, truth is its own purpose. It's it has its own intrinsic value built in, right? Like to see, to seek truth is something that is worthwhile. And the end goal is just truth. This is different from other values like power or wealth because like, if you acquire power, you do it in order to have an effect, in order to, I don't know, like you know, do things with it. You don't want the power so that you could feel powerful. Same thing with like money, right? Like You, you want to be rich, but you don't want to be rich so you can count how much money you have. You want to be rich so that you can buy things that you want. But, but truth isn't like that. Truth is its own intrinsic thing. You, to, to have truth is exactly what you want. Okay, I'm with you. So um, I think that because of that, the truth has this emergent property, meaning that as time goes on, more the truth eventually comes out. And I think there are times in history when like there's less truth, you know, like the kind of rise of fake news or like yellow journalism that happened for like a couple decades in the last century. But... Um, for the most part, as time goes on, as the time passes, um, the truth has abundant. You know, the people know more truth now than has ever been in the past. And I think you could see that like for for specific people. And that's where I'm kind of going with this, is that like for specific people, the, the truth about them eventually emerges. I like even if it's far too late for the people affected. Like for example, Christopher Columbus is a great example. Where for a long time we were celebrating Christopher Columbus, you know, he sold, sailed the ocean blue in nineteen or eight fourteen ninety two, whatever it was. And no, no, he, I think it was he. Columbus sailed the ocean blue so that we could get a day off school. <laughs> <laughs> right, my mistake. Sorry, Kevin. <laughs> um, yeah, like, but but he was like this, you know, hero in a way, right? He kind of started Western expansion and, and whatever, but. As time has gone on, we've kind of looked at him more critically, and the truth has come out that, like, he, like, first of all, all of his accomplishments were accidents, and second of all, like, he spread genocide and like disease to all these people, um, and eventually actually was like jailed and punished for his crimes against humanity when he returned to Spain. So, like, he's not a great guy in any sense, like, n- not even back then. But somehow we've forgotten that, and now we've kind of remembered it. So, in a way, the truth about Columbus has eventually emerged. Right, the truth has stuck. And other things have not. Okay. And it's far too late, obviously, right? This is 500 years later that we we know these things about him, but um, you know now now we know, and before uh, it didn't matter as much. Sure. Um. So I think like okay. So let's let's take a step sideways here. So when you meet somebody for the first time, right? Let's say when you 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 meet a, a new person, and every time you find out something about them, you write it down on a piece of paper, and you eventually uh, like acquire this list of who they are. Like as you spend more and more hours with them, 
you write down things like, oh, he likes cats, or he has brown hair, or like he doesn't seem interested in cars because we brought up cars and he was he changed the subject quickly. You know, all these little things about him, and as time goes on, like and you spend more and more time with him, you eventually have this more complete picture of this guy. The only thing that you wouldn't know about them is something that he's actively hiding from you, right? That he's constantly lying about in order to keep you from finding out about it. Something that like you know, even things that he wouldn't necessarily want to tell you, you would eventually find out through just this constant interaction with him. Um, and I think this is also true for people online, although it's like on a much longer time scale. Because people on online, like celebrities, I would say, um, they also kind of have this emergent truth property. And it's despite, or even maybe because of, their constant obsession with their image. Right? I'm thinking about people like, when I say celebrities, I'm talking about people that are constantly in the public eye. People like Taylor Swift or Kanye West or like Stephen Colbert. Um, these the people that have all of this information, all this footage of them that's out there and we just, you know, consume it basically. Mm-hmm. And people like, like Taylor Swift have, like are very controlling of their image, right? Like she wants you to think of her in a certain way. You, she, you want, she wants you to think of her as like the nice girl, you know, the underdog, you know, she's the cheer, she's not the cheerleader, she's the girl in the bleachers, you know, she's the band or whatever, right? Um, but as time has gone on, like that image has kind of shifted and now she's kind of seen as a, like a manipulator, like some kind of power hungry monster, sort of in a way, which, you know, I think some people kind of appreciate just because it's a little more honest and more nuanced than like who she was pretending to be. Yeah. But despite her constant awareness of her image, the truth about her eventually emerged um and like i like it's really interesting because um when you get these interactions with these people that you don't interact with directly right you see them through a screen it's so much harder for you to piece together what's real um because they're always trying to project something but i think it's still possible and i think given enough time given enough footage of someone eventually that truth comes out i like i want to compare like um, YouTube celebrities and someone like Stephen Colbert, right? right? Stephen Colbert has like hours of footage of him online, um, hours of footage every day. He's doing his Stephen Colbert show, whatever it's called, late late Stephen Colbert's with Stephen Colbert show. Stephen Colbert at dusk. Uh, yes, in the uh, evening. Stephen Colbert at night. Uh, yeah, eats eats the night away with Stephen um, Colbert. Yeah. Yes. Um, but okay, like. He's just the face of that show, right? He has a whole like hundreds of people in this in the scene and behind the scenes that are controlling the cameras, doing his makeup, scheduling guests, writing his scripts, all that stuff, right? He's just the guy on the stage. But at the same time, you still kind of get an idea of who he is. And as time goes on, you kind of get this more nuanced version of this real guy. Um, I, but that, that's like directly in contrast with someone like PewDiePie. PewDiePie has all of this footage of him online, right? There's all these people, you know, you could say probably more footage of him than there's Stephen Colbert. But there's not a team of people behind PewDiePie. It's just PewDiePie with a camera and in his room with his freaking $300 chair. And he he's everything, right? He's the editing process. He's the guy controlling the camera. He's the one writing the scripts, if there is a script, right? Um, and, of course, he's the face. So, like, if you were to equate the two, right, if you're saying, like, 25-minute clips of PewDiePie versus 25-minute clips of Stephen Colbert, you get a more complete picture of PewDiePie just because there's more PewDiePie in those videos than there is pure Stephen Colbert. Sure. But that's not to be that's not fair exactly because that you don't see that equivalence in real life. 
because PewDiePie does like live streams and he releases 20 minute, you know, almost unedited let's plays and things like that, right? There's a lot more raw footage of him out there. So you get this more nuanced like view of him more quickly, but it's also over such a long period of time. I mean, PewDiePie has been on YouTube for, I mean, almost, I think almost a decade, right? And what, who knows when he'll stop, right? Like YouTube will probably continue for the next 30 years maybe, or a YouTube equivalent will arise, but you know, people like PewDiePie or PewDiePie himself will continue to exist online. And people that like him and follow him will follow him for decades. And think about like what that means, right? Think about how much you could get to know someone um, even though they're constantly trying to control their image. Um, and I think this is really interesting for several reasons. First of all, like the more genuine you are, the more likely that you're, you'll survive um, because like you're not hiding as much and then like controversy can't stick to you quite as hard because like everyone kind of knows everything about you. And, I, and that's the, the next point is I don't I think it also shields you from a certain amount of controversy. Like this is where um, my theory kind of falls apart because I only only have the one example, which is when PewDiePie used the N word during a, a live stream. He was you know it was a kind of it's he used it in the worst way possible to be completely frank. But people were willing to forgive him after of course he apologized um, because it really wasn't like in his character. You know, nobody was saying that PewDiePie was a racist, and the reason they could say that is because there's so much footage of him out there that you know him. You know he's an idiot. You know, you know he's just some guy on the internet um, who sometimes says stupid things. So this is almost in character for him to do something so dumb. Sure. Um, and I think like if he kept doing it, you know, if he was a repeat offense kind of thing, then people would start losing faith in him. But like. This small controversy was completely kind of swept under the rug for fans of PewDiePie because they all know who he is. And, I th and I'm, I'm really curious to see if this will have a bigger effect later down the road, right? Like, you know, in 30 years. Let's say in 30 years YouTube still exists and PewDiePie's been making videos since then, right? You, you can literally watch this man grow for 40 years of his life in front of you. And, like, you... Like regardless of or of not you've ever met him, you still feel like you know him, and there's going to be a certain point where somebody when he, somebody accuses him of something or something like that, and like it's going to come down to whether you believe him, this guy that you've been following for forty years, or some other guy who's making some sort of outlandish claim, claim right? Yeah. So yeah, what do you think of that? Well, that I had never really conceptualized the idea of a long-term exposure to individuals as content creators uh yeah. you we've experienced that with big name artists right like we've all seen kanye through the years and uh you know any other big artist that you want to follow right, but, but not to like the degree or the detail that we have with these new guys exactly yeah and, and and in an unfiltered way there's literally people whose content is just filming their own life like they're like yeah. oh, we're going to the park now with my <laughs> kids like you could watch someone else's yeah. kids grow up Yes, that's what's so crazy. I never like, thought they're, they're, about those this. kids are like in the Truman Show right now. Like they, they don't even know that they're like on TV and that people know who they are. Wow, I and I hadn't made the connection. I guess that's specific to vlogs as far as like the Truman Show goes. But yeah. having that opportunity to document your whole life. I mean, personally, I, I've been doing podcasting for like two years now, and I love going back and listening to stuff like some of the stuff in the beginnings of old stuff. Uh, especially when it's a conversation I have with other people because it's 
you know, it's it's in amber, right? It's it's encased yeah. in uh, permanence that I can you can go back to it at all times. It's a it almost adds more value to what would have otherwise been a a, a personally valuable experience. It it kind of documents it and makes it permanent. And to be able to, I have no idea where that will go in the future because right. the end of YouTube seems completely hypothetical right now. Yeah. I cannot see YouTube not existing. But well, like, I mean, it's like they've created this thing, right? And like, if even if YouTube itself didn't exist, I think people would jump ship some other way. You know, people would find ways to upload videos, even if they like all had their own, like, even if everyone had like their own, like service, you know, their own website that they hosted stuff on. Um, I still think people would upload videos. Look at like someone like Tom Hanks, right? Like Tom Hanks has been making movies since he like I don't even know since he was like nineteen or something. And how old is he now? I mean, he's probably in his fifties or sixties, right? And like you can watch Tom Hanks grow as a person, like in his like as his body changes, but also like grow as an actor, right? He becomes more and more proficient, and like and he starts off like as kind of a goofy kid and like dragnet, and then he's like more serious, like Academy Award winner in the post today, you know, but. The interaction Tom Hanks has with his audience is not nearly the same as someone like PewDiePie, right? Like someone on YouTube who's constantly uploading stuff um, to the web is going to have this like totally different interaction with their fans um, to the point where like it, it almost becomes an obsession that you're like, you know, watching this guy for such a long time of your life. Well, it's like, is there a different value to that? getting that all-inclusive experience where you're much closer to the content creator than, you know, for instance, following the career of a Tom Hanks or some it's other... A, it's, it's a different thing, right? Like, I think these the people on YouTube are a different breed of celebrity altogether. Um, so it, it is different. I don't know if I would say, like, one's better than the other or not or, like, whether that value isn't the same, right? Like, you could probably do the same thing in some way, like, what, by reading tabloids or something, if that's what you're you're obsessed with, right? But um, at the same time, like, it's so accessible now, right? And you can find people that are just like you or, you know, uh, you know, scratch a certain itch for you, right? So it makes it super easy. It's – well, I, I'm glad you brought up tabloids because people definitely already do this, basically. Try to keep track of somebody's life forever. Um, and it's not just one person. It's just celebrities, right? I, yeah. I, I personally don't understand it. Uh, I, I guess – not, it's just not my thing. I don't care uh, what who right, had a like, baby or the, the thing about tabloids is that we kind of like all assume it's fake, or at least I do, right? Like, in some way, like I'm sure, like they sometimes like TMZ like harasses people, right? Because they're just mean. But there's also like, you know, celebrities will sell pictures to People Magazine so that they can put it in the in the thing and you know do their thing or whatever. And like, I mean, you. It's so crazy, like, now Now that I'm, like, super aware of how, like, much Photoshop is used for, like, um, these magazines, it's like, they don't even look like the same person sometimes. You know, you see, like, a picture of Ryan Reynolds, it's like, I've seen him in a bunch of movies, I know what he looks like, but you see him in a magazine cover, he looks like a totally different person. It's, like, it's really freaking weird. And, um, like, for that reason, I think, like, that is not the same, you know, because if it's not genuine, you're, you're not, um portraying yourself you're like portraying you're contributing to your image that you're trying to, to to keep up with and i guess like you're still trying to do that when if you're a youtube celebrity right you're still like like contributing to your image but uh, like i said like 
it's not as manufactured in it and it can't be as manufactured like you no matter how much time you spend in the editing rooms how much time polish you put on it like the real you is going to slip through and if you keep doing it for years and years and years um people are going to get that uh, that same effect no agreed and uh i i think that you hit it right in the head it's like it's not authentic which is another reason i don't like reality shows actually yeah I don't. I, only the Sith deal in absolutes, so I'm not gonna say I hate all reality <laughs> shows. But like, have you ever seen Rob and Big? No, I don't even know what that is. Or uh, Rob Deerdick's Fantasy Factory. Have you ever heard of that show? No. Okay, well, because I, I, I'm pretty sure Fantasy Factory isn't on anymore. But it was this old. Anyways, it was a reality TV show I liked. So it, they're not all. They're not all terrible. But one of the things sure. that is extremely inauthentic about them is the fact that there's like they're scripted. When yeah. you, it may not be that somebody actually memorizing their lines and acting everything out, but, right, but okay, like the, the now you guys are going to get mad about, yeah, exactly. It's like, you guys are going to get mad about this now, and then we're all going to Jessica's house, and we're going to have an awkward dinner party where you're going to get mad at this girl for bringing a birthday <laughs> present to your birthday party on your birthday. Yeah. And like, that's like a whole episode, oh, yeah. right? And that's, right. that whole thing, that whole experience, while it may be somewhat realistic because they're not at, like actors per se it's yeah. just it's so who cares <laughs> like, i don't care about your fake birthday right. dinner but but like that, a lot of that stuff is like also like uh, my my old roommate aaron like loved watching tlc and he would love watching all these reality shows and stuff and there, and i always like questioned him about this because i didn't understand it at all and he's like yeah it just makes me feel superior and i think that's like how a lot of people view it you know like i guess it makes aaron look bad but Aaron's really <laughs> bad. um but like i think i I think it is kind of like that, like guilty pleasure thing, right? Like you see how these people live, and you're like, "Oh, I'm better than them at least," right? Um, and it kind of makes you feel better about yourself, which I think is like, I mean, it's not sustainable, right? Like, at a certain point, like these people are gonna have some sort of real trouble, and then you're not gonna care about them because you you don't want to relate to them. No, I... um, which which doesn't work because you like the people that I follow or the people that I like to follow at least, like. Are, I, I want to relate to them, you know, I want to know what their life is like because I think they're really interesting people inherently. You know, it's not that I, I'm watching them to feel better than my, about myself, I'm watching them because I want to be like them. Is that, so it, it's important to you to, if you want to be like them, if you like who they are, that, that what you're liking be authentic? If that's important to you, which is important to me. No, I, I agree, right? I think it is. I, I think that that's kind of a... I don't know if it's new because I'm sure a lot of artists and stuff have been authentic throughout history, but I think that that is a now a more, way more tangible uh, result, or, or or just more people are capable of delivering on a honest and authentic uh, expression of themselves. Again, through all yeah. like we said at the beginning, like through yeah. all these different sources. So I, I think that if that's something that's valued, then. Uh, good because people are getting ready to are already doing it they're already providing well, that's what it. i think about like um like i think uh like i never watched professional wrestling professional wrestling i don't know why i can say that i don't ever watch professional wrestling yes but i think it's a really interesting like concept and um i, I love thinking about it and i love the implications it's had like in today's media because there's all these things that um i really like that are kind of based on this idea of that professional wrestling was based on which is it's it's fake right 
we're, we're faking the fights. The fights aren't real. No one's really getting hurt or anything. But the, the conflict is real. Like, the, the fight between these two people, these two people don't necessarily like each other. They're, they're not just co-workers. Like, they're, in a way, antagonists, enemies, right? They, they've never gotten along in their life, and we put them in the ring together to see just how far we can push them. Um, and I think that, like, that level of authenticity is so interesting and so, like, um, so sought after. Um, and you don't see it enough in it because it's so hard to just to make happen. Um, but I think people are starting to realize that um, like you don't always have to be fake, right? I think people think that their audience expects a certain amount of drama or expects a certain amount of like just you know like extremism. But I think people really are after authenticity, or at least there's there's people out there that are after authenticity, and that that lar- there's a large market for that. And I mean, if you can deliver on just that you might have something worth watching. Yeah. Well, I've always wondered, how do they decide who wins in WWE? It's all like, it's all kind of political. I mean, like sometimes it's like, um, sometimes it's like, Oh, you're like, this guy hasn't won in a long time. Or sometimes they're setting up something, right? Like they want the, the good guy to lose this round so that he can win in like the championship or something. I don't know. It's, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like a whim type thing. Like it's all set up for something else. Well, that's it's not, I don't even think it's really necessarily about who wins, r- really. I think that's kind of important, you know, like they talk about that. But I think um, it's really the fight that you—that's the journey there. I think that's the important thing. I definitely, I've seen a few episodes of WWE, or I, would you even say that episode? Like it's like there's sure. like it's been on TV, and I've seen, I've looked at it with my eyeballs, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always been. Yeah, about the show, about the conversation you have before the SmackDown. Um, yeah. Like this, I don't know who it was, but some guy said that John Cena was washed up and that John Cena doesn't have it anymore and how he, some other fighter, I don't remember his name, and he was yeah. like, I am going to become the newest, like best fighter and everyone will forget about little John Cena. And John Cena's just sitting there taking it and this guy's yeah. like roasting him and by the end of this guy's uh, – like little uh solo uh what do you call it when you have a speech but you're by yourself a uh, uh monologue his monologue yes thank you and when he finishes his monologue basically just obliterating john cena john <laughs> cena stands up and you're like oh is he gonna like kick his ass before he does yeah. that john cena gives him like a, a, a verbal roasting in return you know and yes. it's, it's like just as good like as much as i want to see like bulked out dudes in their underwear beat the crap out of each other pretending right um i'm just as excited and hype to see those same dudes just yell at each other with like awesome insults and uh like i don't know just extreme language it's it's all about the hype right like you just you get on the hype train like you do the hype right and um it it makes it works wonders like there's this um youtube channel i i love called um it's uh, the channel is called Collider, but um, the they have a show called the um, uh, the Movie Trivia Schmodown, um, which is these two guys um, who had a like a movie review channel called Schmoes No, um, and they started this movie trivia competition. And it's like it's based kind of on like professional wrestling in that like they have all the, there's like all this hype. There's like some music. They have them stand in front of a green screen and like roast the other person right before the match. And they have like a special entrance. So they come out to music, um, and they sit down. And they have like their their names on screens, and they're like and the 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 ho- like the the judges or like the guys reading the questions are always roasting the competitors. It's so hilarious, and like the the whole thing is like 
real, right? Because they're actually answering questions and then scoring points and everything like that. But the way they like set it up, or they have like heroes and villains, they have like factions and stuff. It's just all this stuff behind the scenes that makes it so much fun. Um, and like the the trivia part is is entertaining, but it's like getting to know the characters of the Schmodown and like getting to know like their histories and stuff as it g goes along. Um, it just really makes you invested in it. And I you just at first when you first start watching it, it's like so cheesy. You're like I can't believe that they're doing this, but like now I just love it so much. It makes me smile every time I think about it. It's just a um, it's like a, almost this is in like such a sincere way of expressing like this love for movies um and i don't know i love it i'm gonna have to get you to send me that because that sounds uh oh, i gotta find a really good, a, a good one because there's there's so many good ones and um yeah well uh, it, it's so good well like talking about authenticity and competition i guess leads me straight to why i love sports so much because mm. sports do like it does have like characters per se you know especially yeah. in star driven leagues like the NBA where you guys, you have a guy like LeBron James, who's been a main character in the NBA for over a decade. And there's all these storylines that always go along with him. Like yeah. I honestly, like there was, there was the one year like Steph Curry when he first was on the scene. I actually, I don't remember if this is the first time he was like really killing it, but uh, he defeated the, like the elite four, like going into the NBA finals. Like he defeated each member like each team that had the other four members of the all-star team uh that he was oh. on for his conference and somebody actually photoshopped like the elite four but with the faces of these nba all-stars and uh, steph curry was ash ketchum and so like he had to like <laughs> defeat them all so that he could go up against uh who, who is who do you fight after the elite four it's uh um douchebag i don't know whatever you call yeah your rival or whatever <laughs> um, yeah gray and, yeah uh, the the, the the grandson right right and that guy was because uh, Steph Curry's in the Western Conference and he beat all the other All Star members of the Western Conference leading yeah. up to the NBA Finals where he faced his rival LeBron James uh, oh and like if you want to win the NBA you have to beat LeBron James like he's always in the finals so it's like <laughs> it's such I don't know it's like it's real so everything that happens is yeah. like extremely legitimate because these guys are actually going out there and competing but at the same time if you know the sport well enough you pay attention to the to ES ESPN and all the other sports media outlets, you can kind of piece together an actually satisfying narrative that just organically exists. That there's like a lot of drama to it, and it gets really uh, entertaining. Like you can get right into it. So that I'm not as into something like WWE or yeah. uh, you know Real Housewives of Atlanta or whatever. Uh, even though I, because I understand what I, I, I or. I'm into the same payoff that everyone else is looking for, like that a story that tells you something that you like. But I'm I'm too concerned with authenticity to right. mess with those shows. I want to see, sacrifice any bit of it. Yeah, right. So I want the people to earn the victories. I guess. Right. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And like, I mean, that's that's like the most noble approach to sports, you know. I think, um, but it's still not enough for me to care. <laughs> like. Um, I don't know. I, I really um, am enjoying um, this other YouTube channel. Um, this guy named John Boys, I think. Uh, he makes this videos called uh, Chart Party. He's like he works for some, some organization called SB Nation, which I think might be Sports Ball Nation. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I I hope it is. I don't know if that's actually what it is. Isn't it Spring but he makes Break? This, he, uh, <laughs> spring Break Nation. Yeah. Um, he's he also has a series called Pretty Good, where he talks about stories that are pretty good. And some, most of them are about sports. 
Um, and he does such a good job telling the story, and it's really, really interesting. Um, and I really like that kind of snapshot of like sport, right? Because it gives you all the context you need to really understand like the what happens in that moment. Because a lot of the stuff is like built around a single moment in a single game, right? And um, it's all that context that makes it pretty good. Um, and I, I love that. Um, so yeah, I, I really do like those stories, and I like the the way that that's presented and everything. But like, I don't know. I don't. The the day to day, right? What makes those things interesting is the fact that it's unusual. Um, it's when you have to wait so long for things like that to happen. It's like it's just not as worth it for me. No, agreed. There is a lot of like grinding per se. Like yeah, at, like specifically if you're not just a fan of the sport but also of a team, there can be years mm. of your life that are wasted watching your team be totally right. Irrelevant. But that makes that makes the like the comeback all the more sweet, right? Oh, definitely assuming the comeback happens remember this is all legitimate <laughs> there's not some storybook ending for every fan <laughs> like right the buffalo bills okay so i've experienced one super bowl loss right i'm a niners fan i'm, a, I'm pretty involved in being a niners fan and when they lost the super bowl i like came into school late the next day because it hurt my like heart so badly <laughs> the buffalo bills in the early 90s lost <laughs> four consecutive super bowls man this Every year, this is our year, and then just blowing it at the last second, and that's got to be one of the most tragic existences ever. And and basically, I don't know. Basically, you made it to the finals. That's pretty good. Second best, four years in a row. It's the worst. It is the worst. What's crazy though is this: the psychology of a sports fan. This the psychology of a sports fan is that everyone loses except the one team that wins. Like at least in like American mean? sports where we only really care about the champion. Oh, I see. Like everyone's an underdog except for the Patriots. Sure. And it's like if you win, you're the greatest and everyone else is like total shit. Like if you if you've ever right. seen like sports meme accounts right after a championship game, the team that lost gets so much flack. They're like worse <laughs> than the worst team in the league because they <laughs> lost last. Like they <laughs> Seriously, everyone is like Tom Brady. Like people generate like like most be like, oh Tom Brady sucks because he just lost to the Eagles. But it's like he has like, are you shitting me? But that's just no. that's just the way it goes. Like, and I'm not saying that those people have any merit or that any actual sports fans believe that Tom Brady is actually shit. But right, they're just trying to get a reaction. Sure, but that is the reality of it. Is that unless you like the unless you're the winner at the end of the year, it, nothing you did mattered, uh, which means that most sports fans, again, this is just like American sports, uh, you, you, you just got a participation trophy and you suck unless you win the whole thing. So <laughs> at the end of every year, everyone's like, oh, like th- this was, the yeah, this wasn't only adequate. one team that won. I yeah. See. And uh, which adds a lot of value. Like seriously, people hmm. who are from Philadelphia, like actual Eagles fans, their, their quality of life is better now. It is like it's that's not I'm up for discussion like they nothing changed but their lives are better uh, because uh, especially Philly fans is their first time winning and they never expect expected it but I b- firmly believe that, that 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 is a huge impact in their lives where they they are much happier now and potentially can like cope with the idea of dying now uh, more <laughs> readily because they're like oh, I saw the Eagles win the Super Bowl like uh, yeah now I've, I, I, my life is complete what else do I need honestly I got like, it's uh, I, oh I I like to reference this video. There's a uh, video on YouTube. It's like the psychology of a sports fan, and it's really interesting mm. stuff because of how 
you could kind of identify and become a part of a team, even though you don't know any of the dudes yeah. on it. It doesn't matter. It's just uh, it's the psychology of a sports fan. So uh, I think that there's a lot of that that goes into my now. Now we've gotten way off topic on talking about sports, but uh, it's it's I think it's a really uh, intriguing topic, and it's why I waste so much of my time watching sports when I could be enjoying all the limitless other things that we have to watch. Uh, just keep watching the same game be played over and over. <laughs> I guess, you know, but it gives you a really interesting perspective on anything. So, you know, and like, I don't know, like, I wish that I followed some kind of sports just so that I had something to talk about with literally everyone because everyone watched, like, has something to do with sports. And I'm like so apathetic to it that like, anytime someone brings up sports in the conversation, it's just like, I guess I will sit this one out, guys. Like, and I have nothing to contribute. That was a big. Uh, that was a big reason for me to really get into it. Like, my family members have always been like casual Niners fans, but when I got into high school, I was like, I really wish I could talk about the Niners. Like, people would be like, "Oh, you're wearing a Niners mm-hmm. shirt. Like, what do you think of Frank Gore?" And I'm like, "Who? Like, uh, <laughs> you know?" And it's like, you should know that you're a Niners fan. And so, like, I started getting more involved in it. And yes, it is useful to talk to anybody. Knowing like yeah. the, the most popular sport in a country, I feel like opens up a lot of just casual conversation opportunity. When I went to London, mm. I was able to strike up a ch- like a conversation with almost any lad in the pub because I, <laughs> I I knew a thing or two about the Premier League. And I'm no expert, yeah. but it's huge there. Right, so. you can still talk about it, which like I don't even I don't know anything. Right. No. So it is of utility. I would say. I know the ball's is, round and you kick it with your feet. <laughs> yes, and there is a utility to knowing sports, I guess. But uh, it's just, it's. I would say it's like watching anything. It's just you know that a lot of people are going to watch it, right? Like. Uh, yeah. It'd be like watching a yeah. movie that you know a lot of people have seen. Like you could talk about it. Um, that's right. Yeah, and that's definitely true. Like, because there's all this stuff that like all these YouTube, like YouTubers that review movies and stuff, and so I I always feel kind of pressured to to go see like the newest movie or whatever. Um, just so that I can like appreciate the videos, you know, the, the reviews and things like that. And I don't like, I don't, know, I don't necessarily go out of my way. And I will definitely watch reviews for movies I don't want to see, just so that I can like have an opinion on them. But um, still, it's like that barrier to entry, right? Like you, in order to participate fully, you have to like go to the movie theater and pay ten dollars. And that's kind of the same thing with like you know. With, I think with sports too, you have to participate by like, you know, watching every week and keeping up with ESPN and things like that. So there's kind of like this, this amount of time that you're spending, um, that is like, it comes back in a, in a real way. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I have been appreciating recently, I love appreciating things is my access to revisit things that I just saw like kind of on the off chance. Like again, let's let's go back to the fifties, right? You're at the, you're at the, let's, let's go back to the fifties. Yes. Let's go back to the fifties and everyone wants to go back to the fifties. Yes. You were, it's the fifties and you are at a, at a friend's house and they have a record and so from some obscure band you've never heard of and you're not even really listening they just have it on in the background but this song comes on and they're like oh man this is nice you know like i like this song and then he's like all right let's let's go we just go back down yeah. to the malt shop you know uh <laughs> and and then you go you're home later that day and you're like damn what was that song called what was that song it's so it's stuck in my head and then you never know and you don't know yeah you don't you're just like oh shit i don't know and that's it. And you might never hear that song again. Your friend moves to Idaho, and now you don't have access to that song. You can't call him, you know, because right. Idaho doesn't have yeah. phones yet or something, and you don't know 
Morse codes. You can't send them a telegram. It is between the years between the Pony Express started and the and ended. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, now if I hear a song before I'm even done listening to it, I can just ask the magic box in my pocket, "What song yeah. is this?" And it'll tell me. And then you can download it and listen to it as many times as you want instantly. Uh, right. another Until you're sick of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then when you're sick of it, you can just reach for the next song, right? Just like that. The same thing with yeah. uh, like clips in movies, because you might mm. see an amazing scene from a movie, and then you're like, great. That's it. And I have to wait until it either comes out or like, like comes yeah. out on DVD, and I have to like buy it on DVD, and then I have to go through the movie and find the clip. Like there are YouTube clips out there ready to go that are just the parts of the movies that other people know you want to look for it's just readily readily accessible um which is just amazing like you we've even streamlined kind of the viewing experience whenever i'm uh it's been a long time since i've seen a movie uh, or like seen the first movie and i'm about to go see like the sequel or something in Mm. theaters i will go on youtube and watch a summary video of the original movie and even if it's like somewhat long form like even if it's like 13 to 20 minutes that's still a much shorter than the second one or the, the original yeah. movie and uh, B like basically like they're constructed in a way that helps you get all the information that was there. Uh, so, which is super useful. Like the fact that that exists for free is just <laughs> fantastic. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that's definitely something that I've appreciated, I guess, but I don't know. It's just like, it's just like the nature of, technology and the nature of our new way media works now right people kind of capitalize on the fact that like that stuff exists and you can take advantage of it i mean it's really interesting to me how people can get into the middle of things right like somebody makes a movie uh or like you know i say somebody but i mean like you know ten thousand people make a movie because (laughs) that's how many names scroll by in the like the marvel movies but um you know, all these people make this movie and then like that also like creates fuel for content for all these other people on YouTube that like are critics or are going to make parodies or, you know, just talk about it in general. Right. Like this kind of this art, this like great feat of art kind of propels an entire other industry um, that's just like latching on to the fact that it exists. I, I just I love when I roll across a YouTube video when it's something that somebody created out of something else, like movie reviews or uh, you know like I, I recently watched a series of videos that talk about exactly why you can or can't keep a ball if it goes into the stands at various sporting events around the world. <laughs> like like you can't keep an NF you can't keep an NBA basketball if it goes into the stands. Uh, and this guy goes into all this detail, but basically it's because they only use one ball for the whole game. So really, I didn't know that. Right? Yeah. So the the, one, the ball goes out of bounds, they go and get it and keep playing with it. Um, but in baseball, it's very well known that yeah, if the ball goes in the stands, you just, you just keep it. Uh, and there's all these different things. It's like I never really thought about that. But this guy just got a million views because he was like, people would want to know answer this about question. The balls. Yeah. yeah. And I love that. That's like the that's like capitalism working in like the most. Uh, optimistic and beneficial way it's like this guy has time and an ability to make informational videos and he recognizes the need people want to know about like what what happens to the ball and goes to the stands at sporting events and bam we've got a mutually beneficial relationship where i find out what i want to know and this guy gets his views so yeah i I, I, it's beautiful that's that's what i'm looking for not (laughs) what i'm not looking for 
is somebody who's like, I bet someone would want to know the top eight reasons like girls break up with like males 20 to 24. And it's no real information, but just a right. thumbnail with, like, boobs pressed up against it. You know? That's not what I'm looking for. But I guarantee something of that nature could get just as many, if not more, views, the measure of success, uh, based right. on just their ability to trick people into watching it. So that's when capitalism backfires in this situation. Because that's, more, yeah, that's a more successful video. That That's true. And it's, what's interesting is, like, the kind of the rise and fall of clickbait. You know, and like, I think it's really interesting how like titles and like um, titles and like thumbnails matter so much on YouTube because like people will avoid certain things, um, and like even if they like that person, right? Like even if they've seen all their videos, um, they'll they won't watch something because they don't like the thumbnail or they don't like the the title, right? Which which is really interesting. Um, because like you have to build up a certain amount of goodwill in order for like that that to like not matter, um, and it it does matter. It matters every day, I, especially when you're trying to get new people. Yeah, I'm definitely of the I'm that type of person where if it's too clickbaity, I'm not gonna click on it because I'm like you're you're trying to trick me, so what you're showing me must not be that good. Like, right, and like I I don't think that's a a wrong way at all. Right, you know I think that's per, like you've been trained to to do that, and I think it makes you a better like a, a more conscientious like watch person, well, yeah, person like, who watches stuff. H three H three sometimes does some clickbaity titles, and he's even uh, I a while back I remember him addressing it. So like some of you guys have been saying that I have really clickbaity titles, but it's like the same content still. It's just yeah. Well, I don't know. Like I, his are usually ironic though, right? Because he'll do things like gone sexual, and it's just it's there's nothing sexual about it. You know, eighteen plus stuff. It's just him and Ela. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he. Um, yeah, I think he is he's often doing that ironically, but it's also kind of having your cake and eating it too because he is kind of clickbaiting in a way. Yeah. I, um but like at the same time I feel like you don't you shouldn't have to do that in a way, right? Like you shouldn't you should just be able to say here's my new video and that's it. Yeah. Right? You don't have to you shouldn't have to have to sell every video, especially if you have like a substantial subscriber base. Right. And it's uh I guess it's more individual based on what content you're selling, right? Like NFL's YouTube account can just say, you know, 49ers yeah. at Chiefs highlights, you know, and that's going to that's gonna get everyone they need because they don't have to say, like, <laughs> 49ers, like, the top 49ers plays this, the, versus the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> You'll, you won't believe number four. <laughs> exactly. So I guess it's kind of like a, a situational thing, but in general as a person on the internet and i hope that more people are like this i actually gave a speech in college i got it for my speech class about not clicking on clickbait mm. and i started it off by like it was like a powerpoint presentation and like i started yeah. off by being like my speech is called why you shouldn't click on kickbait clickbait and i was like Actually, and I like changed the slide. I was like, it's called You Won't Believe Why You Shouldn't Click On You Click Me. <laughs> and I was like, hold on. Like, top eight reasons why you shouldn't click on clickbait. And like, I, I just, I exploded it to like an exponential level where apparently so funny. it was like, number six will have you in tears and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, like, and uh, basically, my argument was the way that we fight clickbait is just stop clicking on it, you know, reward yeah. people for coming up with something worthwhile uh I, like so, content that can stand on its own two feet 
and then we won't have to deal with crappy content because the reason that that content exists is because it works. Exactly, and that that's what's really like scary and, and, and weird about it, you know. And I think like your thesis is correct, right? Like we should just stop clicking on it. But I think that's something that has that falls into the category of having no technical solution, where you have to you actually have to change the way people think and the way that people like interact with the world um, in order for that to actually take effect because like th that's the truth the truth is that clickbait works that's why it exists if it didn't exist then it wouldn't work and it is annoying and stupid um, but if it didn't work then it wouldn't exist and it really just kind of reveals the I don't know the detriment of humanity in a way but if we were all you know ideally conscientious viewers then you know, we wouldn't fall for it um, uh, but that's not necessarily the case. That's never the case. That's never going to be the case. There's always going to be young people. There's always going to be new people that are, that are coming into the system and you know are going to be falling for this stuff and, until they learn to, to be better. Right. That, that's why the, the, the speech is uh, – like the purpose of the speech was personal advocacy. And I was like what's more mm. personal than deciding what you click on online? <laughs> But, that's, um, a, that's a good point. In the interest of wrapping this up, heading towards a closing point here, Joey, I always like to ask my guests what is something that they've been enjoying recently. What's been something that's been in your life that's been really nice that uh, that you've been? Oh, I got I got so many. Um, uh, first, I want to talk a little bit about Altered Carbon, a new Netflix show. It's been scratching my Westworld itch until Westworld season two comes out. Ah, yes. It's really great hard sci-fi. Um, and uh, it's got it's just really mind mind bending, and I watch all ten episodes in like a couple days. It's like it's pretty good. Um, yeah, that that's been really enjoyable. The other thing that I've been really enjoying is this book that my friend gave me for Christmas. It's called um, Dawn of Wonder by Jonathan Renshaw. And um, it tells this story about this boy um, who joins like this academy um, that like teaches him how to be like a super, like a kind of like a super soldier in a way. Like he like has to learn all these different fighting styles and has to learn a bunch of different languages and how to like assimilate himself into any culture on the planet, like in their in their country and stuff. It's really cool, um, and I was really surprised how much I liked it. And uh, it's, I've just been eating up a lot of my time. Nice. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I, I, I usually try to, uh, to read before I go to sleep because, like, looking at a screen before you go to sleep makes it harder for you to fall asleep. Uh -huh. um, so I've, I've been reading to go to sleep, and this book has kept me awake because it's so entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> a good problem to have, I think, with books. I, like, I too, have, come, like, made a return to reading because now that I'm not in an academic setting and not being forced to read for my own education, it's mm. fun again. So, yeah. Uh, which is nice. But uh, all right, Joey, I think that's what we're going to call it. So thanks for joining me, having this nice little chat. Absolutely. And uh, all right, we're going to cut it here. We're out, but done. <laughs>